0: host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 68. Oh man, hard to believe, 68 of them. And today I am thrilled to have Jeff Shirts, the head boys basketball coach at Ballard of Huxley High School, uh, just north of Des Moines, Iowa. And coach has really got it rolling this year, getting ready for his sub-state final uh, Monday night. Uh, but before we get to coach, uh, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at cosacchiro.com or make an appointment by giving them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, obviously, if you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. So download, rate, review this podcast, give us five stars so we can move up in the rankings and we can help coaches hone their craft. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Jeff Shirts, head boys basketball coach at Ballard of Huxley. Iowa, how are you doing this morning, Coacher?
1: Doing great, Marty. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thrilled to have you on here. Uh, should be should be a great conversation. Uh, you've you've had a you've had an interesting road, Coach. You've you've uh, you've done some things. You've been some places.
1: <laughs> I, I have. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: well, let's let's just let's just dive in. Let's just dive in. Kind of uh, tell us how you uh, how you ended up at uh, Ballard of Huxley. Iowa, a, a boy, a, a young man from from the South, ending up in the middle of Iowa. Uh, not a common, not a common trail. You are a trailblazer, so I, I,
1: I get. I, I can't. Uh, I guess take all the credit for, for setting that path. Um, my my wife, Joy, uh, she's fantastic, and and we met actually in Nashville, and she is from Iowa, and so oh, okay. Um,
0: Where's she at in Iowa?
1: So she she grew up in Carroll. Oh and, hey. Uh, Yep. and then uh you know spent spent college years at, at Iowa State and then the University of Iowa okay. and then went that and then was down in Nashville and uh so that's that's where we met and um you know, I guess some people, have, multiple people, have told me that's kind of what Iowa girls do—is they bring you back. So um, that's the that's the short story uh, of how how we're here in Central Iowa. We live in Ames. Uh, Huxley is you know fifteen minutes, nine miles, something like that, mm-hmm. south. So it's a uh, it's a great location for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I grew up uh, in in North Alabama in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and uh, went to Grissom High School and played basketball there uh, you know we're talking hoops this morning and so uh, Grissom it was a 6A high school and is now a 7A high school Alabama does they went mostly and I guess people you know down there say every tri- football drives everything so some of these really large schools were just beaten up on on others uh not so much the case with with my high school with grissom Mm -hmm. but uh what they did is they took the the 32 largest and made
0: a seventh classification so actually when i was the head coach there was our first
1: year of 7a so i uh, I find
0: it hard that nick saban would have any sway in alabama and and his (laughs) philosophy
1: directly indirectly uh any any way you want to (laughs) even even if you're an auburn fan you, you you still respect the the job he's doing so
0: um
1: so yeah, so I went to Auburn uh, mm-hmm. University, and after Auburn, I graduated and came right back to Grissom. Mm-hmm. So I was working at my alma mater, ended up being there for eleven years, and never never had any plans to leave. But like I told you earlier, um, you know, life and, and God have other plans for you. And so, my first nine years there, I was an assistant. I, I coached baseball for five. Uh, basketball for those nine and my la what ended up being my last two years there i was the head varsity boys coach mm-hmm. um and, and we can get into you know some other things you know later with the guys i worked with uh and influences and stuff like that but uh that was right around the time when joy and i got engaged and nashville i guess for a geography quick lesson here was only about two hours north of huntsville
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so um so we got engaged and, and, and got married and ended up spending two years in Nashville area. So I went after that season, uh, that second season at Grissom, I looked for some head coach openings in the Nashville area and that year uh, ended up being pretty fortunate. There were a number of them. Mm-hmm. Now there there are probably 30 plus schools, maybe more, within a drive of, of downtown Nashville, a reasonable drive, mm-hmm. um, was able to get a... a Head varsity job at Harpeth High School, which is about 20, 25 minutes southwest of Nashville. Um, so I was there for two years, and then Joy's work took us uh, back to you know Iowa for her, Central Iowa here here in Ames.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the that's the three state path, um, uh, you know, and then two two different high schools, one in Alabama, one in Tennessee, and then and now up here in, at Ballard and yeah. yeah.
0: So of while you were in Nashville, uh, you were really, really fortunate to uh, link up, to to spend a lot of time with one of the unknown legends of of the game of basketball, a guy by the name of Rick Bird, uh, Hmm. who uh, was at Belmont for forever, uh, transitioned them. I think they were NAIA, and then they went – did they go to D2 and then D1? Uh, I can't remember for sure, but they, I know they used to they be, be in NAIA school.
1: They might have skipped D2. They might have I think skipped they D2. Might, yeah, yeah, I think they went. Uh,
0: yeah, so, I mean, just uh, if you're listening and you've never heard of Rick Bird, uh, B-Y-R-D, uh, look up his stuff on YouTube because it is a master class in how to coach a basketball team. And we, we talk a lot about Don Meyer on this podcast and rick bird and don meyer went head-to-head for numerous years when coach meyer was at Lipscomb, and you know just just a but but if, unless you're a real basketball nerd uh you, you've probably never heard of rick bird uh but uh you know jeff tell us tell us about your experiences with coach bird his influence on your career uh what you were able to take from him and how he helped develop you as a coach
1: yeah, so we will we'll maybe go the long way to Coach Bird, um, and, and start with Lenny Acuff. Uh, Lenny Acuff, it was a, is was the Division II head coach in Huntsville at the University of Alabama Huntsville UAH. Okay. Um, Coach Josh Majette, uh who's who's in the G League now, is probably their you know highest level player coming out of there. I think they were in the Elite Eight once or twice, and uh, his influence on the coaches in the state, the state of Alabama, the state of Tennessee, because he's at Lipscomb now. Mm-hmm. So that's the, okay. the connection I'm making there. Um, was was fantastic. Uh, you know, offensive innovator uh, l- runs a good bit of Princeton. Um, just just really you know on the court. Uh, you know, within his program, but then also reaching out to uh, just high school coaches and being available, you know, to them. I, I my, One of my years as an assistant, the, our head coach at Grissom, Bo Kahn, at the time, uh, Coach Kahn and I uh, were invited up to UAH to sit in on a chalk talk with Coach Acuff. Mm-hmm. Well, unbeknownst to me, I show up and uh, Billy Kennedy's there. Oh, wow. And one or two other coaches are there from the surrounding area well he he had just you know they were passing through they were recruiting someone or whatever and they decided let's get together and talk and so i'm sitting in this room and just i'm just soaking it all in uh-huh. and we had oh, gosh we had gotten to baseline out or something and there was something we did at grissom that that hadn't been shared in that meeting and coach let me get up there with the, the expo marker and just he's like hey jeff show us and so a uh, little nervous, <laughs> but also really cool. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we talked about it and then the next guy went on with his thing. And so when I was, when I knew that joy and I were going to get married and, and be together and be together in Nashville, um, I went to coach a cuff and he, he gave me some great advice, you know, as far as just, you know, looking to continue or, or kind of make the path that I, you know, what did I want in the future and that kind of stuff. And, uh, just encouraged me to reach out to coach bird so prior to this conversation and me moving to Nashville we had taken our teams to Belmont's team camp you Mm -hmm. know like a lot of people do really all over the country and at at team camp at youth camp because those would sometimes overlap or whatever coach bird always had a presence he was always there and Mm -hmm. Uh, some of his assistants were also some Huntsville guys. One Mm -hmm. of them, uh, who's, who's there now still played at Austin high school, which is a North Alabama school. Um, another one, James strong played in Huntsville, played at Butler high school. And so there was just a little bit of a connection there, basically a talking point. Mm -hmm. And I guess, as you can maybe tell from this podcast, I, I enjoy talking to people. So, um, so you know the conversations began you know we we took our high school team at grissom up to nashville to play one uh over christmas break one time and um just it just you know things started to come together and so when when you know when i was looking to move to nashville um you know there was there was that connection i guess you know a little, little, little loose connection but but it was there so turns out that um once joy and i got married we lived downtown because that was close to her work so we lived within walking distance of belmont okay and and, and Van, vanderbilt for that matter uh-huh. but um it was very difficult to even get a hold of the coaching staff at vanderbilt uh-huh. and so
0: the belmont guys were extremely responsive mm-hmm. um we Funny had a how fall that works. Break. Uh,
1: yeah yeah, yeah there <laughs> <yeah>, it is <laughs> so um we had a fall break Uh, in our school district each year just like spring break and I went to Belmont practice every single day Uh and one of them was even at 5.30 in the morning Um, and so coach would walk out either Coach Bird himself or one of the assistants would would hand whoever's sitting there a practice plan. You know their practices were open. There were some other high school coaches at at these, and speak speak with whoever's there for a few minutes, and then and then they'd get to work. And just some those are some of the things that stuck with me, you know, about them and how they handled their business. And, and another one was this: that five thirty in the morning practice was actually because coach bird and his wife uh were gonna get on a plane and i think they were flying i I, gosh i can't remember so but his wife had a tennis tournament she was going to play in Mm -hmm. and so i remember him you know thanking the guys after practice for hey like hey this is you know this one's on me you know my wife and i are leaving Mm -hmm. i appreciate you. and and you could that practice might as well been at four in the afternoon the guys were locked in they were ready to go they had a good practice, you know, they got their work in, you know, and then they were out of there. And so you could just tell kind of everything about the program was done. It was done. Well, it was done you know, right. If you, if you want to say it that way. And so when joy and I knew we were going to be leaving Nashville, I got in touch with coach bird and I said, Hey coach, I, you know, I've got some questions for you. We are, we are moving to Ames, you know, we're moving to central Iowa. Um, you know, I, I'd like to bounce some ideas off of you. Like, I, I, I'm probably not going to just go up there and get a high school job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, my the bottom line was I wanted to continue in basketball. And so Coach Prome, who Coach Bird had battled with for a number of years, yep. is here at Iowa State.
0: Yep.
1: One, one of the UAH, one of UAH's former players at the time was a graduate assistant at Iowa State. Mm-hmm one of UAH's former assistants is an assistant at Iowa State, <laughs> William Small. Yeah. And then just after I got up here, uh, James Kane was hired as an assistant with Coach Prohm. And mm-hmm. he had recruited one of our guys out of Grissom when he was at, when he was at a different college.
0: Okay.
1: And, and so I, I went, you know, got in touch with Coach Bird. He was like, yeah, come up, you know, with, you know, come up to the office for whatever and we can talk. Well, we talked for about an hour and a half. Yeah. And, You know, and I asked him advice about, you know, move in and and basketball and that kind of thing. But we talked about just all all kinds of stuff, you know, and it was just so just the time he took, he didn't have to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he knew me. I kind of told you all of that because he knew me from bringing our team to team camp. Well, how many hundreds of teams have come through his team camp?
0: Absolutely.
1: You You know, I went to practice. Well, there's plenty of coaches that come to practice. Um, there's a little bit of a connection, but I mean, you know, so I was just really pleased and impressed, uh, you know, and inspired in some ways, you know, you know, from, from the way he acted and treated me who, you know, I'm just a, just a guy come, you know, that's interested in basketball. I coach a high school team, you know, he just took the time and, and just that, that was really cool. Like I'll I'll never forget some of those things. And um, so, yeah, that kind of, there's, there's some, some of the, the, the why and the how behind, mm-hmm. you know, my my journey and, and some of the influence. Now, as far as on the court, if it fits with our guys and they've done it, I'm looking to put it in. You know, it's the, the, the style of play, the, the philosophy, you know, threes and layups. We're not exclusively that, but we're pretty close.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, just the the creativity, you know, of some of their sets and actions and ideas, you uh, and now I'm talking on the offensive end, but, you know, but also on the defensive end, you mm-hmm. know, with their with their ball screen coverages and and just different things like that. Um, you know, there there are plenty of little clips out there. There was a there was a zone clip on something the other day on Twitter that I saw and just jotted it down. I just have it in my back pocket in case we need it here in the next few games. You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, his influence you know across the basketball world is just incredible.
0: Yeah well you mentioned the next step of your journey and and uh, my son uh is uh is a you know in non covid seasons he is a <laughs> he, he is a manager uh for coach Hoiberg down at nebraska uh, <laughs> but uh you uh you had a little bit different experience being a manager, quote unquote, in college. Uh, you probably were the oldest college manager in the country uh, for Coach Chrome a few years ago. Uh, what was what was that experience like? Being a, a guy in his in his early thirties, uh, hanging hanging around with a bunch of nineteen and twenty year old uh, kids. Uh, you know, they probably had to look at you like you were the crypt keeper or something like that. You know.
1: Luckily, I don't have too many gray hairs, so and and I do my some of my. I'm at an elementary school this year, and I'll be at the high school next year, uh, so I've i you know I have 14 years of experience of of being around high schoolers, so yeah. I, I do feel like I can relate to to a lot of different people, younger and older, but I fit in from the looks perspective, I think, and uh, so, some of my elementary school. Uh, kids think I think I'm like 24 hey. and, and and I'm 38 so I'm like all right hey you are awesome like,
0: yeah.
1: you get an extra sticker today you know but um so it, it was a, it was a it was a valuable unique cool experience like yeah. I, I'm very appreciative that I had the opportunity to do that uh-huh. um coach bird was able to reach out to coach Prome. I I got, I got to work camp uh the summer before and that kind of thing and what what transpired was I have two teaching certificates,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I went to college to teach math,
0: okay.
1: and I took the praxis test and tested into physical education. Well, Iowa does not recognize that form of certification. And so when we moved here, it was, you know, do I go back to school, you know, for a semester or a year or whatever it takes and just get all of my teacher certifications up to date? And hopefully have an opportunity to do some things with basketball along the way, or do I just try to start working mm-hmm. at a high school or middle school or, or a school district? Yeah. Um, and 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 I'm not going to just quit a job to go back and get a different certification, you know. Sure. So it was like, all right, let's just bite the bullet, uh, you know, enroll at Iowa State, um, take classes for that that certification, yep. and and just do it the first year. Now that made it a fairly easy decision for me you know, when I was able to be involved with Iowa State mm-hmm. men's basketball. yeah, And so um, that's kind of how it, you know, how it went down, the need for classes and then the opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm not, my, you know, my resume or whatever, you know, I, I wasn't going to be an assistant or anything like that, you know, for these guys. But being able to help in any way possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, one, I, I learned a ton. Yeah, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like I was helpful. Uh, yeah. You know, in some
0: ways, what were what were two or big two or three big things that you that you took from like Coach Prom and 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 you know you you went from this situation where you were a head coach for a few years, yeah, and then you yeah. step back and and now you're looking at it through a different lens. You're not making any decisions. So, nope. what are some things that you took from him that maybe you adjusted to your coaching style when you went back to being a head coach?
1: So, so coach, coach does a lot of things well. I, I, obviously, they're having a, a tough year right now, but um, you know, if I had a son and he was good enough, I'd, I'd love for him to play for Coach Brom. Absolutely, it, I agree. It, 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 the way his relationships with his players—it's—he uh, he does a great job of building those, and you know, at the at the college level, especially at the high major level, all these guys want to be pros, and mm-hmm. so there's the balance of team and individual. You know, I'm I'm doing everything I can to help you get where you need to go in life, basketball, but also life, mm-hmm. and and that was definitely prevalent, not just the basketball stuff, right? Yep. And but but also, you know, we we need we want to build a team here to where you know we can go be competitive and play for each other and play for Iowa State. You know, that was something he said a lot of, um, and so that just just kind of seeing that on a day-to-day basis
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know his his willingness to meet with players his willingness to talk with players parents you know it, there was there was definitely a welcoming environment there and then the other thing is just you know on, on the court uh point guard play guard play in general uh you know ball screen offense ideas you know of of, of how you know how and when to you know, flip a screen or twist a screen, depending on your terminology, Um, spacing, uh, Mm -hmm. transition, just kind of all of that. It's not like, uh, you know, he sat down and just told me all of it. It was just, you know, you kind of witness it throughout the year Mm -hmm. and it starts to make sense and simple, simple actions, a cut, you know, or whatever, um, or occupying the defense this way or that way, um, just – you know if we can get our players now i'm talking high school now an advantage and space you know then it then it's then it's up to their decision making you know mm-hmm. and, and their and their shot making ability or their playmaking ability and so you know there there are a number of things we do you know mm-hmm. with ballard that that comes directly from iowa state but then also belmont but then yep. also uah and, yep. and, and then the guys i coached with in high school in, in north alabama so yeah uh yeah, that, that those are probably probably two of the biggest things I would say uh-huh. is you know you know I mean he coaches the heck out of the defensive end too now, but uh, you know we're sitting here talking mostly about offense and
0: mm-hmm.
1: when players go to the gym to work on their game they 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 don't they don't do defensive slides for forty five minutes they shoot you know and 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 dribble I can't and understand play. why not
0: I can't understand why not
1: because <laughs> it's basketball's fun and and that's that's the you know. That's what you want to work on. That's the fun stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'd say probably those two things. With coach,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, you you spent a a lot of you you spent the the vast majority of your life in the in the deep south, and and then you come up here to the Midwest. Uh, What were uh, what have been uh, you know maybe some uh, a couple of similarities. You've seen uh, maybe in the style of play or the environments or whatever it may be, and maybe what are a couple of big differences that you've seen from the the two regions of the country?
1: Yeah, I've, I've been asked that question before. Um,
0: oh, darn it! Ah. <laughs>
1: and, and and but I don't have a, a, you know a textbook answer on it. it it's it's, it's comfortable. You know, we you know we're in three A here. Yep. I've seen plenty of 4A basketball around, whether it's in the summer or just going to games and stuff like that. And so it it may be if Iowa was broken up into five or six or even seven, I don't really recommend seven, but, you know, more classifications, you could maybe start to see some some differences or at least I could see them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think the coaching up here is really good. Mm -hmm. I have seen, and again, this is just my view and experience, and I don't want to say something negative about either either place. Sure. I have seen uh, just more really good coaches up here. And and that's not a knock on coaches in Alabama. And I, and I even hesitate to say that because just because you do more doesn't mean you're a better coach. Yeah. And so, um, you know, another comparison, I, I, I just witnessed more – of and again, I'm I have I wasn't in those guys' practices, and maybe it was because I was a young coach then. But there was a little bit more of relying relying on you know you kind of rolling the ball out there and relying on athleticism mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. versus. And I'm not saying actually one place has better athletes than the other. I'm just saying you know more. You know this is what we do.
0: Yeah,
1: and let's see if it's good enough. Yeah. You know, I you know I've seen some of that around here too. I mean, yeah. it, you know, but but that if I could make a comparison there, I would say that um, skill very skilled players in Iowa, mm-hmm. um, and you know a lot of those uh, Division two the UAH they're you know they're coming up here you know recruiting guys Belmont's mm-hmm. interested in guys you know here in Iowa, um, and so you know the skill level is very good, uh, you know in the I've seen, like I said, more of the higher classifications, you know, good athletes. Um, you know, I guess ultimately it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, um, you know, when you, when you get in different areas and, you know, different pop, you know, whether it's the cities or the the country or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I think about it a lot actually. Uh And so, and I, and I don't have a a great single answer for you. Um, but but i will say i've been very impressed with the with the coaching up here and uh and the skill level i you know well i mean here's here's a, here's a, maybe a pretty good statement there aren't very many sec wide receivers yeah. running around running around on the basketball courts in iowa yeah we got yeah. a lot more offensive linemen yeah we got a, we got it we got a good one on our team <laughs> you know and so um so that, you know, that translates to basketball in some ways. Uh, there was, there was a guy in the state tournament in Tennessee, uh, w- was going to go play wide receiver at Tennessee and just totally dominated yeah. athletically on the court. And, and it wasn't even, and he was a pretty good basketball player too, mm-hmm. but, you know, but he was going to go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, we, we had to prepare one year for, um, guys playing at LSU right now, uh, Trendon Watford. Okay um and you know and so now in in 3a here we haven't run into that now in 4a you would 4a you would you know and so i guess that's the difference but we're also playing in a slightly different classification
0: so yeah yep no 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 that all makes sense that all makes sense so um you uh so this is your second season at ballard uh you took over for a guy Uh, Chris Deason that was there for 20 ish years, 20, yeah, 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some pretty big shoes to fill. And, uh, I, I, as I was researching, uh, one of the things that I, that I saw was, uh, you kept all of his assistant coaches on, on the staff. And, um, you know, that, that can be very positive, and most of the time, it is very positive. Mm-hmm. You know, most mm-hmm. of our folks at the high school level, if they're assistant coaches, uh, they're doing it for the good of the program, as opposed to the college level, where they're kind of more interested in their own career at times. Um, yeah. But but it, it also can be, um, you know, it, you could also run into some things as well that that are not as positive. Um, what were uh, what were the uh, biggest benefits? Of, of keeping all of Coach Deason's assistants uh, on staff, uh, the transition, how did they help you out to where you guys have had a, a really good run uh, the last two years here?
1: Uh-huh, yeah. And so in no particular order, um, they knew the guys better than I did. Uh-huh. You know, and and I feel like, uh, you know, I work really hard at and feel like I do a good job building relationships. I You know, the guys know I care about them and love them and want what's best for them. You know, but initially they knew the guys and so what i wanted to do was was you know hear what they had to say but i also wanted to form my own opinions Mm -hmm. and um i'm not saying at all that i changed their mind on anybody you know but it was a a fresh new look Ah. at our guys and and maybe what they do well or what they need to improve upon or how we're going to go about doing it and so uh it wasn't necessarily good or bad but there was definitely that 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 background knowledge, you know, of, of our players. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I guess that knowledge there can extend past the players too, the community, Mm -hmm. the program, you know, the whole nine yards. If there was a question of, you know, okay, how did we do something in the past and was it good? Or do we need to change it? You know, they were there with, with their opinion, you know? And so, um, you know, we kept what I felt like would fit, you know, we changed some things that, you know, I felt, whether it was just personal preference, you know, or maybe mm-hmm. that needed to be changed. Um, you know, we changed and kind went of went, went on with that. Um, you know, some of the other benefits are, you know, and I, and I'm totally invested in, in the, in the community as well, but I'm also an, you know, an outsider. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, how, how does, how does this work? You know, what, you
0: mm-hmm. know, what,
1: what, what, how does, how does the booster club work? How, you know, what's, what's the, you know, Hey, we're going to the state tournament. Like, I, yeah, I never rode on buses you know. prior to, <laughs> prior to coming here, you know, well, who rides on the bus, you know, and so I, you know, and well, it turns out it was me. So, um, <laughs> and they're, and they're all meeting me at the game. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see you there, you know, but, um, you know, so just, just kind of learning how things worked from either the community or the program or the players perspective. And, yeah. and again, I, I didn't, I didn't hesitate to change anything, you know, yeah. that I felt might be good for us moving along or or that needed to be changed but having that knowledge was great and then the other thing was uh you know our my first year and and you continue to learn and relearn your league but really relied on those guys tron scott and sam weeks are our two varsity uh coaches and then uh, sam's cousin wyatt is our freshman coach mm-hmm. um now aaron lyons is our jv coach now but he, he was not there last year he was not a carryover from the previous group but um just the knowledge that they had of the players in our league and what the other coaches do Mm -hmm. and how they like to play. Do they change, you know, defenses constantly? Do they slow it down? Do they Mm -hmm. speed it up? You know, all of that kind of stuff was there. And so, you know, we'd have conversations. Then I'd I'd be looking at it on film and, you know, I'd bring something to them like, hey, this is different from the past. And, And they'd be like, yeah, it is. That's new or whatever. Or it, you know, it was just a confirmation of what they had told me, you know, mm-hmm. so those other than our coaching relationships that we've built over the past two years, having the knowledge of the players in our league, it was, was absolutely
0: the most valuable. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I'm glad the transition went well. As a guy that just went through a transition the last few months and coming into a new community, you know, some of the things that you're talking about there with like booster club and how mm-hmm. does this work, and just simple things like how do you sign up for, how do you schedule one of those big yellow buses? What's the process to go through with yeah, that? Yeah. And, and uh, my assistant coach uh, this year, uh, she she had been there for a while and and she understood all of that, and, and that took a big burden off of my plate and And one of the benefits for me was,, uh, for the first time in a long, long time, I just I just had to worry about coaching my team. and And I think that helped us get better as the season went along instead of having to worry about those type of things and, and, and having good people around you to to take mm-hmm. care of some of the minutia uh, that sometimes you can get dragged into when you're a head yeah. coach. You know?
1: Well see I experienced that in, in Huntsville uh, yeah. and, and and in Nashville too. Yeah. Um, RAD was just a paper pusher. They they filed the eligibility paperwork and, and that was about it. Uh-huh. And so now R. A. D here at Ballard does does a lot. He's he's fantastic. So the bus the buses? he just I just he just asked me when we need to leave and he takes care of it the scheduling you know we we have conversations about it but he takes care of it so I Mm -hmm. have done all that stuff in the past Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of benefits even you know and I didn't mention our ad earlier but um you know when I was talking about the coaches but you know he was in place it's his full-time job our you know activities at the junior high and high school and so and I do like that even he's he's told me no a few times but but that's okay um you know so just Learning all of that quickly, yeah, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, has, has been uh, something I haven't had to do in yeah. my career. So,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, well, hey, uh, coach, let's transition here. Uh, first of all, let's talk about teachhoops.com. Uh, want to have a, have the opportunity to have a hands on mentor to help you hone your craft as a basketball coach? Look no further than teachhoops.com, a place where coaches go to get better. Coach Steve Collins out of Madison, Wisconsin, shares his three decades of coaching knowledge with his subscribers through resources like podcasts one-on-one mentoring sessions, and much more with ttroops.com. Go to ttroops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N, that's a pen and a napkin, where subscriptions start at $34.99 a month. When you sign up, you get a 14-day free trial. So combine ttroops.com with a pen and a napkin to help make you the best coach that you can be. Coach, we're going to transition here uh, right out of the heart of Nashville, uh, the Don Meyer quote of the day. Um, Don Meyer via Nashville up to Aberdeen, South Dakota. Uh, so Midwest, again, a a Southern connection with a Midwestern connection. So, um, our Don Meyer quote of the day and coach, feel free to comment on this. Uh, if you'd like Don Meyer quote of the day is players who arrive late are essentially saying that their time is more important than everybody else's time. I, that's, that's one of my biggest bugaboos is (laughs) early is on time. On time is late and that drives me nuts when when folks are late
1: here's what i'll add to that i think everybody has a slip up everybody has a mistake they make yep but but if you will communicate it immediately in advance or whatever then i can live with that yep but if it's just like whatever then you know i I was just late because i was late or i you know whatever you know then then that's 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 a problem yeah and uh and I think that's that's what Coach <laughs> meant with that, you know, with with your time being more valuable than the teams and and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, basketball yeah. Is, a, is a team sport. It's it's a fantastic sport because you have to be good individually. You, you can't just have a specific skill. You have to play O and D. Mm-hmm. You have to play with both hands. You have to, you know, dribble, pass, and shoot. And you also have to have be a, be a great teammate and rely on your teammates, you know, too. And so it, Don Meyer is, is fantastic. I, I went to his camp as a kid oh, and, okay. and that was, I still have the t-shirt oh. it's on my, on my bed on a, on a t-shirt blanket. <laughs> um, coach, coach music was my coach. That was his last name. It was written on my shirt because that's where, you know, that's the organization, you know, of that and the early birds and, the the teaching segments throughout the day and the playing opportunities and all that stuff. I, I still remember that. I still have documents from, from camp
0: in a file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got to meet him a couple of times. I was shaking in my boots. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, Oh, I, I, you know, and, 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 you know, again, you know, like Rick bird, uh, you know, part of, part of the the mission here of a pen and a napkin is, is, you know, everybody's going to remember Coach Krzyzewski because of the things he's done. Obviously, everybody remembers uh, Coach Wooden and, and those type of guys. But 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 these as influential or even more influential coaches like Coach Meyer, Coach Bird, uh, we need to uh, keep their influence uh, alive and strong within the community because um, it, it's just necessary. It's just really important to the game. And, and as we... Uh, hand down, you know, as we get older and we hand down uh, the, the influences that we have to the next generation of coaches. You know, this is this is where it started uh, uh, at for us with with guys like this, and and coach yeah. Coach Meyer took it from 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 the generations before him, and so forth and so on. So you know, yeah. th- that's that's a big part of the purpose as well.
1: Well, you go you go down to Nashville. I can give you a scout report. Even if I don't know the team we're playing, they will play hard man-to-man defense. They will force you baseline. They will trap you when you get there. I mean, it's it's Don Meyer influence all over the place, mm-hmm. and so um, that was uh, just the, like the guys that I coached at Harpeth actually uh, the, the the their the coach that I took over for played for coach okay. or, pl- excuse me played at Lipscomb okay. and uh I don't remember his years when he was there but they would sit before the game with their notebook open mm-hmm. and that that isn't exactly my style but that was Don Meyer's style yeah and so um it just yeah you see, you see I saw it everywhere mm-hmm. all over Nashville so yep. and then ho- hopefully all over the country I, I just don't know you know
0: yeah uh, you are you are exactly right so well well speaking of style and speaking of your style let's get into your to your style here coach shirts um uh you want to talk uh i kind of try to leave this a little open-ended here kind of give you some options i you you talked about talking about either transition offense or half court offense Uh, Mm -hmm. which one you want to talk about first
1: oh either way because they they uh hopefully flow together seamlessly all right so let's 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 start let's start with let's start with when we start playing offense which is when we get when we get the ball
0: all right so you you just go ahead and cook, Coach, and, and, and I'm going to sit back and I might I might jump in with a couple of questions here, but you tell us what you guys do at Ballard here with your transition and then how it flows into your half-court triangle offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, everybody's got different personnel, uh, and I feel like this fits our guys well. Um, but just big picture, I also feel like what we do can be adjusted to most any group of guys. And so... Ah, we said we're talking about transition, but let me let me back up here in the half court. Uh, a guy that I coached with at Grissom for seven years, Bo Kahn, was who I learned most of the triangle slash hybrid stuff from. Mm-hmm. And when we started together, we were three around two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: handful of years in, we got we had some guys that we felt could play out a pick and roll, so we started adding some of that. Mm-hmm. Then then we had groups that we felt were better for around one versus three around two so we kind of morphed it into that same same offense just the the backside post guy was now on the wing that allowed us to add some princeton concepts to what we do you know and so so i learned you know all of that from him and we we worked at it together and then Kind of, kind of rinse and repeat in Nashville a little bit, then moving up here, taking some of those influences of playing and flow, playing and transition. Uh, you know, whether it's Coach Prome or even the, some of the nuggets from, uh, you know, Co- Coach Hoiberg has and, and things like that. You know, because he, he, he would pop in on Ames every now and then, watch practice and stuff when he was not prior to getting hired at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that kind of came to a head this past summer and we, we were on a coach's zoom and and i wish I, I need to find out the guy's name that was talking about this because i'd love to give him credit every time but they talked about this guy in particular talked about five phases of offense and the last two was like special situations and, and baseline out or whatever so i was like all right scrap that three phases of offense for us one phase one and, and i explained it to the guys this way but like I said a moment ago, it's it should be seamless, you know, mm-hmm. the transition between what we're doing. Phase one is just get it up the floor, transition Oh, throw ahead, drive it, hammer pass, um, you know, make a one more, shoot a layup, shoot an open three. And so the way we organize that is – now, we're fortunate. We've got a couple guys that are some pretty good rebounders. So we're able to do this maybe a step or two earlier than we would in the past. Um, and, and by no means, I mean, I guess the only thing that some coaches might think is not fundamentally sound that we do is if we have a, above the free throw line extended contest on a three, I tell our guys just contesting and get out of there, just go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a little risky, mm-hmm. you know, but it also puts a lot of pressure on teams. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm just playing the numbers, you know, we get 70, 80% of the rebounds sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and our, our starting quarterback on the football team is one of those guys getting 10 rebounds a game, like mm-hmm. actually like nine and a half right now.
0: Yeah.
1: And so he's, he, he's out there throwing touchdown passes to guys, you know, in transition. <laughs> and so it's kind of fun to watch, but so we, we are gone as soon as we get the rebound. Mm-hmm. And, for years we said the the three runs the right lane the two runs the left lane and that kind of thing and and this summer I'm thinking all right that's not that's that's a step too slow you know what how can we get it and go quickly whether we score or shoot it or not that's beside the point we want to put pressure on you from the time we start playing offense and we start playing offense when balls in our hands and so all of our guys almost exclusively have the freedom and ability. We, I, I don't like lateral outlet passes, so yeah. it, it, it wastes time. Yeah. So we're we're outletting as we go down the floor, or at some point it becomes a hit ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, whether depending on where you're at, and we, we've got good enough decision makers. We've practiced it, uh, we've emphasized it to where we basically don't turn it over in that situation. We just keep dribbling, even mm-hmm. if it's our five man. We just keep dribbling, and and so we, we want to hit ahead, you know, first mm-hmm. and foremost. You know, the ball travels faster that way than dribbling it up the court, and like I said, our two and our three, we just run whatever lane we're, that we're with. You just go, and if we're on the same side, our two and our three, they have freedom to run through if they want or just stay heavy on one side okay. because then that just that allows our ball screen our point guard smart enough and we've again worked on it to where all right that's fine we're just going to take the ball screen and go away from that you know if if, if there's an unbalanced floor and yep. so um we've we've got some so that you know so that's uh, you know i guess phase one um and the, i guess another change that that you know i've made from my playing days and early coaching years is you know we had a coach tell us take it out out of bounds and get out from underneath the backboard that way you don't hit the backboard when you throw it and i cannot remember ever seeing a team playing basketball throw it off the bottom of the backboard (laughs) and so and so um we take it out just fastest point out of bounds get your foot out of bounds and get it into the so our point guard will you know like almost everybody uh gets the outlet on a made basket but on a missed basket, it's fair game.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, as far as an outlet pass goes, preferably as far up the floor as possible um, or dribbling into some of our phase two stuff, you know, which... Um, so that's that's kind of phase one, mm-hmm. you know, there. Um, we'll, we'll do some things in five out, you know, in phase two. Um, and that is, you know, it can be called some of it has to be called um you know heck I don't want to give too much away I guess because yeah. if uh yeah. oh, if, no. uh, if uh, our future hopefully we can get to the state tournament if one of those guys are listening then they you know
0: I've, I've got the Bondurant but... Ferrar head coach on speed dial right now <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly so even um, before this drops on Monday morning I'm letting him know so <laughs> no, I, even though you've already um, played him twice so
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but, so here's the thing with that. Um, you know, it, it can, well, here's the thing with all this, first of all, and this is something coach Acuff, and this is, uh, you know, why I don't mind sharing coach Acuff, you know, he he would speak to coaches in North Alabama a lot. And one of the things he always said is we've, we've got to take care of each other. Like this job is hard enough. Mm -hmm. It's, it's long hours. It's stressful. And, you know, we've got to take care of each other in, some ways in the form of sharing, and I've you know been shared with plenty of times, mm-hmm. and, and I'm very appreciative of that because that's allowed me to kind of become who I am as a coach. Um, and so you know, any chance I get, I, I, I don't mind you know, sharing all that kind of stuff. Actually, with with our half court offense, Bo con when at Grissom, when he was the head coach there, and I was his assistant. One of the coaches in the in our area, I told you about areas before we got online here. But mm-hmm. in our four team area, uh, the four of us competing to go to the next round of the playoffs, he wanted to possibly implement some of the triangle. Well, one summer, Bo shared it all with him, mm-hmm. and we we ended up playing them three times every year. You yeah. know, so um, you know, so I, 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 you know, because of some of those experiences, I, I would you know choose to share versus <laughs> not share absolutely. Um, and and so. The, the other thing um, Coach Acuff would say a lot of, whether it's with his Princeton stuff or anything, you can know what we do, but what you can't simulate is the timing of it and the speed of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, you st- to, to teach your players all of that, you're spending a lot of time on somebody else instead of yourself. You know, so, they're, they're, you know, so that's kind of, anyhow... So back back on back on track here. So some of the stuff we do, uh, you know, in phase two is, is a, dr- a transition ball screen, a drag ball screen. You know, we'll add some cuts to it. We'll add some other actions. Uh, some of it, a good bit of it, influenced by Coach Prome, even Coach Hoiberg, um, and that's you know. So phase two after potential hit aheads, prior to our half court stuff is mostly done with the idea of we want to continue to play offense. like we want to con- you have to guard us and, and, and hopefully you have to guard us from the time we get the rebound until the time we you know score it or shoot it or you, you get regain possession. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of reset, uh, I don't I view as, as not good because mm-hmm. the defense gets to reset. And in transition, you're not necessarily matched up. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're definitely. You're definitely not. You, you, how many guys run the help side? Yeah. They. They. You know. You know what I'm saying. And so, your your ball screen coverage in transition versus the half court is not near as good. Your shifts and your gaps and, and just anything you're teaching on defense is going to be a little looser. So our organized, our slow break, our fast break, weight on the five, ball screen, uh, maybe our five is ahead, but. You know we're still we're going to set a step up ball screen all of that stuff and then and then some of our calls you know in that look five out or four out transition stuff is is, is phase two
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then then we're into phase three and so we 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 play especially with the guys we've got this year we play pretty fast and uh, we are I was looking at huddle the other day and we keep up with some different things we're above 1.16 points per possession i I might be able to even pull it up here while we're talking so we're scoring a lot of points per game we're at 72 and change i think which is leading 3a yeah and uh and but our points per possession is actually more important to me um and and that's been that's been very good it's been high for sure so um and I can actually get it right here. So, it, you know, in addition to points per game, because that's that's some of that's out of our control, right? Some of that yep. has to do with our opponent. Um, but uh, tempo, tempo of the
0: game, and that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, for
1: sure. We're yep. we're one point one nine points yep. per possession. So, you know, yeah, we're shooting it quickly, but we're also taking really good shots yeah. it, it, for the most part. And that's something we chart on the bench is is our shot quality. Uh-huh. We call them elite. We call them championship, and I think our third level—I I don't have it in front of me—is called meh, like meh, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just—and then just a poor, a poor shot would be uh-huh. the, the fourth one there. But um, so, as far as the half court goes, uh, when when we first moved up here. I I visited uh, Ames High School, talked with Coach Downs. I visited Gilbert High School and talked with Coach Taronis just because those were the two high schools in the area we were moving. And I was, you know, wanting to see what was going on in the basketball world. And one of the things Coach Coach Downs has talked about uh, is just offense behind offense. That was a term he used. And I was like, okay. And so that's kind of what we do and what we have is our offense when – we're not running a set play when we're not running a transition action or whatever. It's, it, it, and so that's where the triangle comes in. Uh-huh. And and that's, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. That is our phase three. That is what all of our teams run. That is what our middle schools get little bits and pieces. Middle schoolers, those teams, they get bits and pieces of that. So there's just this building block the this progression from seventh grade all the way on up and so in the in the half court um we don't have to call it we're we're just saying motion and you know we're getting into our spots we're balancing the floor and we're running our actions out of the triangle and Mm -hmm. so it's it's the easiest to say triangle
0: yeah and
1: but when you sit down and really get into it it's it's a hybrid of things Mm -hmm. now some of the, 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 the key pieces, some of the foundational pieces, uh, and this is, this is a Coach Acuff term, um, but it is absolutely Tex Winter triangle stuff. Uh, coach, coach would say the, the ball talks. And so beyond that, for us, so in Princeton and in kind of what we do, the, not only does the ball talk, but the, the location of the five-man talks. If yeah. our five man's at the top, we're not in motion. If you know, in, in, in Princeton, it's your your post is in the low post, then are in low. If he's in the pinch post or high post, then they're in some you know, probably in rub or whatever. And then if he's in if he's out, then they're in their five out stuff. So uh-huh. for us, you know, we it kind of applies to us because we're in phase two if our post is out. But yeah. if our post is in, uh, you know, with very few exceptions he's over there on the ball side and we're in our half court stuff. So we got to get him where he needs to go. The ball needs to calm down for a moment and make sure everybody's kind of where they need to be. And then when we start moving the ball, most of those passes initially determine our actions. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's a triangle thing. And the, the triangle is played out of what we call the key spot. So the wing, the free throw line extended, um, most of the actions of the triangle offense, and uh, I've got Tex Winner's book, and you can find a bunch of documents on it and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, most of the actions are out of the key spot. And so when that ball moves out of the key spot, that tells the guys what to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so uh, we do some stuff up top as well, and th- those passes or dribbles determine some actions. And so the hybrid you know, piece of it comes in in that – not all of our stuff is traditional triangle
0: yeah
1: you know there's there's so let's just talk about split the post all right well, I would say I guess traditionally when the ball goes in the post there are two cutters that cut
0: mm-hmm.
1: right yep. well, we get doubled so much in the post we, we don't do a whole lot of cutting yeah on on post feeds Now we'll try to blind cut and stuff like that but that's more just playing basketball than it is running a specific offense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, in traditional triangle, there were three around two and that top cutter would screen for the backside post guy. Yeah. And there'd be a little post curl. Yep. Well, we're four around one, so we don't do that. Yeah. You know, so we've kind of adjusted the actions to our alignment, but then, but then also, you know, also our personnel. And so, um, you know, getting, getting into you know, various actions and things like that. You know, we can talk about that if you want to or keep going with some other stuff. But but basically, the, the I guess the premise behind a lot of this is, you know, the ball talks, the location of our five
0: uh, wow.
1: is important to know, you know, for everybody to be on the same page. And I, I would say I call 10%. 20% of the things we do in the half court, the rest of it is just it's the guys playing, running our offense.
0: Yeah. So, so how I, I let's go this direction. What are some things that you do and break down drill wise to just emphasize, uh, here's the ball, read it here and, and this this is what you should be doing not to say that's this is what you have to do because mm-hmm. i'm guessing you you're giving your guys some freedom to okay if the defense is playing me here i can go here uh so so what are some ways that you break it down to just uh with cuz what are some ways that you break it down to just get your guys to here's here's the concept mm-hmm. and read it, and here's your options. And if they, if they play it like this, they play it, you know, do this. Because I think the game is evolving in such a way. I mean, you very rarely see the old-school flex offense anymore. Yeah. You you yeah. very, you know, just this this station-to-station station stuff, uh, it, it's much more influenced by read and react, spacing, uh, playing that there. And I know that's something that I shifted to as well. Um, you know, so what, yeah, yeah. What what are you doing breaking it down? How much time do you spend breaking it down? Uh, if you could give us uh, two or three of your favorite drills that you guys use mm-hmm. to break it down to to get that read and react and, and, and working on that spacing and that type of stuff.
1: Okay. All right. So that's good. That's good stuff here. So let's let's go with this. One of the first adjustments that our coaching staff got to make was that we, we spend probably 80% of our practice time or more on offense. Mm-hmm. And so, I think it was, uh, and Coach Deason and 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 the coaching staff—they did a fantastic job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But everybody's a little different. Yep. And I, I've I've thought about that number, and I don't know exactly what that number is. Maybe it's seventy-five percent of the time. I've got a practice plan in software where it'll break that down for us. But I haven't looked at it in a while, it's 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 up there.
0: Yeah.
1: We spent a good bit of time on offense. Now that includes shooting. Yep that includes decision-making and then that includes practicing our offense. Mm-hmm. And as the year, as the year goes on, of course, you, you know, we, we don't need to really practice the plays, yes. you know, as much cause we know them, but it, it starts with knowing the action and you have to do it this way. Yep. You have to, when you throw it here, go screen here. You have to cut when we do this, you have to do this, you have to do that. So in the half court, Uh, there's probably 75% of you, of you, you have to do this. You have to do that.
0: Okay.
1: You know, when we, when we throw it and it's not a good example, when we throw it to, well, let's just say the top Uh there is, there's, there's, it is. So the key spot guy, he can make a choice. It's, it's throw it to the open guy. Uh And if I'm calling a certain action, he needs to try to do to, to, to run that action. But if oh. that guy's not open, just throw it somewhere else. Yeah. And the ball overrides what I just told them to run. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so there's a decision there. This is now again, we're in the half court. So if if we we'll get into pick and roll and some of that transition stuff in a minute. But when we throw it to the top, that guy gets to make a decision. Now beyond that, it's let's just say there, there's handoffs, there's ball screens. There's um, then the opportunity for driving kick, uh, and again, I guess we can get in a ball screen here in a minute. So, so what the guys also know this. We we try to teach it. Okay, we are trying to get you an advantage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once you have that advantage, then you are the offense is trying to provide you that advantage if if needed. You know, if, if we can't get it on our own, and then and then you're making a decision, and we are reacting off of that. So, yep. um. One, the offense hopefully can get us an advantage if needed. And then if you can beat your guy, there are very few times, very few, that we say, look, you, you, you don't need to beat your guy here because we got the, the, so-and-so's cut is hogging it up and we have a screen coming mm-hmm. for somebody. You need to just bring it to the action here. That's an that's a open motion concept that I played in my whole life um, where I was the point guard and I brought the ball to the action. So, so the action determined where the ball went so for us it's the exact opposite the ball determines what the action is and so um, there are very few times where if you if you can beat your guy you have to you, you shouldn't do it because of what's going on so we tell the guys you can break from the offense when you when you can beat your guy and have an advantage okay mm-hmm. but we, we kind of teach them the better times to do it and the times to just slow down for a moment um and then when we do have that advantage we want and we get them chasing we want to keep them chasing so first and foremost you have to know the actions you have to know our if you want to call them plays you know in the half court you got to know those because one guy screws the whole thing up and there's a little bit of a learning curve because we play with four perimeters and you could be in any of those spots at any given time Uh and so you got to know you got to know all of them. And so that's why having it at the lower levels is really important for us. So um, as far as the either-or, the choice, the decision in the half court, there's some of it, but then there's also just basketball decision-making. So um, I guess that kind of takes us to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Things we work on in various settings and formats uh, in, in no particular order, Like, and a lot of people do this, but you, you got a baseline drive, you better have the hammer pass yep. available. We've got to have
0: uh, – Hammer pass on, is setting a back screen on the, on the weak side out of that so, for those that so, don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah it, whether we screen it or not, we have to have a baseline drift yep. guy coming to make – and I might be mixing up some of the terms here, but – Everybody calls you, you it got, different
0: things, but yeah. Yeah, yep, yep.
1: you got to have the guy in the corner on, on a baseline drive. On any drive, we like to have a fill behind. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can stop and waffle pass or donut pass, and that's a, a Coach cuff thing. He calls it breakfast passing. Uh, <laughs> you, you, go, you, you, you get in a box, and you go around the box. You go right hand a couple times, then you go left hand a couple times, and then the waffle pass is a reverse pivot pass. So imagine a drive middle. Uh-huh. You're stopping off a two, maybe a, maybe a two-step stop or whatever, and you're reverse pivoting back out to hit the fill behind.
0: uh uh-huh. yep, yep. So there,
1: there's waffle pass, and yep. then the next one is a donut pass. So keeping along the lines here of breakfast, a donut pass is a forward pivot, and so sometimes that takes two or three steps to complete that front turn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a forward pivot, like you're looking for your guy, and you, and you finally pivot and throw it back out, mm-hmm. and then there then there's one more. So we work on, you know, one more passing. So we drive, kick, boom, one more to the next guy. Um, and then, you know, you can you can maybe add a few other passes to that. Uh, we, we do a lot of passing off of the dribble. Very rarely on the move do we pick it up with two and jump, stop, and pass. We will, right off the bounce, hit a guy. That's, mm-hmm. as, in my opinion, the, the best, if not the only way to hit a back cutter
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, is – Throwing it off the bounce because yeah. the timing, you know, and so, um, all right. So rewind back to uh, <laughs> some of the the playing basketball things that we work on in various, you know, formats. You, you got the hammer, you got the one more, you got some of the drives. We got the fill behind, you know, that we're working on. Um, and gosh, okay, so. Couple more, a little more, maybe unique ones that that I you know have just I, I guess anybody that's that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's been coaching for a while you know maybe we're not all very good coaches but we're good thieves yeah, like you we bet. just you, you take the stuff that fits and you use it and so um, there's a coach that uh, I've met and coaches he, he's actually got a presence on on social media uh, does a courtside con- consulting thing Coach Casco. Um, you know and his stuff comes from others, and but anyhow, the the term a Barkley or a, a Nash dribble, uh, we work on the Nash dribble quite a bit, and that's that's where you have that baseline drive or that middle drive, uh, prefer actually more baseline, but and you and you don't have a solution, so you just keep on dribbling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and you're and you're looking for a guy, and so that kind of gives that gives us a solution when one of those early things don't develop for us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so we're working on that. And then probably maybe the last thing, and this is not the last thing, but it's the last thing I can remember right now is, uh, is playing off a penetration. And so if you get deep enough and kick it, let's just say you're on the block or the first hash, hash mark, stay there and, the kick, okay, if the guy shoots it, fine, you're rebounding. But he, if he drives it one way or another, you're circling back out to replace him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, wor- yep. we work on that a lot. And so a lot of these things we do in this drill, we call penetrate and pitch shooting. So yep. you need you need two passers really you could put them on the baseline you could put them in the middle of the lane and they need to be coaches so these are not participants in the drill i guess they could be i mean they could be players and then they circle out but it's it's better to have a designated passer that way the thing can the drill can move
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we put so in 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 addition to calling it penetrate pitch shooting we're usually doing either drifts or lifts Mm -hmm. and so let's go left left slot with the ball player with the ball left key spot or left wing. So we got a line at the slot. We got a line on the wing and then we have a line uh, on the other key spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the ball handler will go, he'll make a, make a move, you know, game move, whatever, whatever you want to work on. I mean, you could, you could dictate it or just go player's choice, you know? Yeah. And so you're driving it towards the left and we'll make our guys get deep enough. We'll make them get to that hash mark, play off a of two, kick to the wing player who is getting away so we're working on getting away Mm -hmm. so so the, the the initial wing guy let's say the ones at the top the two's on the left wing and the three's on the right wing so the one is driving it getting pretty deep kicking to two on a getaway and one is staying where he's at and depending on what we're doing in the drill we could make the the two go baseline drive Okay, mm-hmm. so that sends the one out, playing off the penetration, kind of on an upper curved pattern, right? Getting out of his way, like mm-hmm. don't don't run into each other, right? Yeah. So, so the the two is driving baseline. The three now, who's on that right side, is baseline drift for the hammer pass.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: So the three, the three shoots it. The one who played off the penetration he has gotten his shot by now from, from coach. Mm-hmm. So the one that plays off the of penetration gets a shot from coach. The two hits the hammer pass to three, three shoots it in the corner, and then the passer, the hammer pass guy, we're going to get him a shot too. So he's just going to run out to the wing and get a shot from the coach. So the, the coach is hitting those two guys. The player that gets to shoot it is is shooting it off the hammer pass.
0: Gotcha. Yep,
1: and then we 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 take that same drill and flip it, not flip it. I shouldn't say that. We make so we go one drives it, hits two on a getaway. Now two is driving middle, gotcha. And one's one's coming out baseline side for the for the playoff penetration. Now what you have to do for that setup is you have to put your other line, your threes, in the corner to start. Okay, and on the middle drive we're filling up to just the, the open area, you know, for, for, for a fill up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. so we do that free, we do that pregame warm up, mm-hmm. um, you know, one version or another of that. And, uh, and we do it, we're going to do it in practice today. Um, just to emphasize in what, what we do, when we see it, when I catch it in a game, I make sure to point, Hey, that was a, that was playoff penetration right there, or, you know, a nice hammer pass or whatever. Um, I'll clip that stuff out, and just show it to them in film, you know, to really emphasize those things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's really important uh, when, when you do see those actions uh, that, that you've worked on and you see them play out in the game. I, I think that is so, so very important to point it out that, hey, remember when we spent – all this time working on this and this now it's starting to come alive. Do you see how these pieces fit together? And, and so that the kids, uh, really see that, Oh, we're not just doing this just for the hell of it. This is, this is actually making sense. And this is now becoming a habit. And, and I think that's so important to sell to your team. Don't you think coach? Uh,
1: Absolutely. I, I, uh, I feel like I'm almost the opposite in some ways of, of when I played in high school. Um, i I you know just just how it was, I guess I you know I played a little bit in fear if i if I turned it over, I was coming out, yeah, you know, and I would look at the bench a lot and that kind of thing, and so I'm like, gosh i, I just that's something I want to change mm-hmm. uh, when, when i'm when I'm coaching, and I feel like I've been able to do that, um you know, so getting getting to what you were saying there it is well shoot i just lost my (laughs) lost my train of thought you might need to edit this but um so oh here's here's where i was going taking that to how it applies to us now and our team this year when we go to film i i will show some things that are that are like teach moments yeah you know not bad but like hey let's learn from this but that's probably for every one of those, I'm probably showing two or three things that we did well. Mm-hmm. So if it's on defense, you know, yeah, we didn't get to this cover down, or we were there, but we didn't make the play or whatever. But I'm going to try to find two or three other times where we did a good job of it, yeah. where, we were, where we were good in our gaps and it stopped the penetration. And then what I'll do is, if, if needed, maybe with one player in particular or two, is, is pull them in just me and him. And not put them on on uh, on Front Street, you know, in front of the whole team. Yeah. Um, of course, and then you know, sometimes you got to learn from each other, mm-hmm. you know. But there's other times where we can, where we can, just handle that individually. And so, I I totally default to. This is what you had said. Now, pointing out the things that we emphasize, that we do well, that I want to encourage versus just pointing out the things that we're not doing because then you just basketball's a long season
0: yeah
1: and you just you just end up just beat down especially if coaches just like constantly on you you yeah. know yeah uh I, the last thing i want to ever see our guys do is have this like i kind of I make the sound here it's like golly you know yeah. like oh coach coach is tripping again like yeah. that's the last thing you want to see from your guys uh and maybe to a fault, you know, maybe I'm a little bit too positive to a fault, but um, I, I definitely think that's better than being on the other side of the line.
0: Yeah. Coach uh, Coach Neighbors at Arkansas, that's one of the yep. things that, that I picked up on from him.
1: You know, he
0: calls it bright spot uh, teaching. And, and every day we try to emphasize the bright spots, the positives. Uh, and, and, you know, my situation. This year was a little different. We, we, we hadn't had a lot of success. The kids hadn't had a lot of success. And so we, uh-huh. anytime we did anything right, it was it was a highlight. It was a bright spot. And and I think one of the things that I don't I know I definitely learned from, from Coach Neighbors in this regard was as we're getting ready to go into the off season here in the next few months, um, we spend so much time thinking about what our kids can't do. And it's not that we don't need to correct things that they can't do we need to work on that but yeah. but we'll we'll say hey jimmy or or susie you did this and this and this well but here's oh. the four or five things oh. i want you to fix this off season it's like god you know and immediately yeah, yeah. you know mo- most people go to well i must suck because these are all the things that i'm not very good at <laughs> and and so <laughs> you know here's narrow it down to one thing per kid And one thing for your team, and that's you know, my season ended a week and a half ago, and Uh took took a few days off, and and now that process has kind of begun. You know, we're going to figure out one thing per kid that we want them to get better at, and we're going to figure out one thing for our team that we're going to emphasize all spring and summer to make us better. Otherwise, we're emphasizing what we've done well to try and give them confidence to play with less fear and 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 be aggressive uh, so that they're not worried about well, coach said that I don't pivot very well and now I just traveled and now I've got to come out of the game and I'm looking like you said looking over at the bench and I think yeah. that's so important to sell to your kids.
1: yeah, emphasize what you want them to do versus not do. and speaking of coach neighbors that's that's another one he puts a lot of stuff out there and it's really good and he's he's willing to share. I've learned from him as well.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was really fortunate. He came on the pod, oh, about a year ago now. And, uh, yeah, that was one of our we, – we we talked some West Wing, actually, on the pod. So you can go back and listen to that one, Coach. Yeah, so.
1: I definitely – I will.
0: I'll <laughs> scroll for that. Um, do you got uh, – how you doing for time? You got time for one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little scouting here. Uh, you know, uh, what do you look at for, we, we haven't talked scouting with a, with a coach for a while and, and you're in your sub-state final. You got your, your, your 32 minutes away from getting back to the well. Uh, what do you guys do for scouting? How do you bring that information to your kids? Uh, what, what's, your process?
1: So it's changed. Um, even, even this year it's changed. Um, we played a lot of matchup zone last year in the first part of this year um for various reasons i've really enjoyed coaching it
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: can be it can be a little tricky to play against a little mm-hmm. confusing and it's helped us win some games
0: mm-hmm.
1: um we're doing a little less of that now because um, i think we're just able and I, I we have a few guys that got lost in it at times and we're able to guard uh man wise and, and i even hesitate saying that because it makes it sound like playing matchup or playing zone is a lesser, or you only do it when you're not very good. Mm-hmm. I think it could actually be the opposite. Like yeah. I, I am a huge zone fan, huge mm-hmm. zone fan. Cause one scouting, it, it makes, there's only so much you can do against a zone. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, you could start listing man offenses and actions right now, you'd fill up four sheets of paper. Yep. If you're, if you're playing against a zone, you're probably in one of three alignments, mm-hmm. you know, more and more people are starting to ball screen the zone. Yep. But you see less of that. You got to guard overloads. You got hard cuts. You know. So for a while, you know, when we were doing more of that, we focused on some of their zone actions and their alignments, and then personnel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I've used Fast Scout in the past a lot, and I kind of like it. I-, I don't love it. I like it. It's a little clunky mm-hmm. and not used not user friendly. Like Apple needs to buy it and just make it better, but. <laughs> Um, but uh, regardless of what format you present it to the guys in, um, you know, I think if you're focusing on the main actions and the things you're going to see a lot of, you, you know, I think you're probably being productive. Now, I, I think you can get information overload with some of this. Uh, we don't even if I had people's calls, I would probably just use it for my own personal use and say like like not tell them we, we call out people's plays just to do it. Like they'll, they'll say, you know, uh, run fist and I'll be like, Hey, they're running fist, you know? And sometimes it messes with the opponents. Like coach, they know our stuff, you know? No, we don't. We're just saying whatever you're saying, (laughs) you know? And so, um, (laughs) so that's kind of fun. But even if I knew their calls, I would probably just use it to, 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 Hey guys, this, this concept's happening, this ball screen's going to happen or whatever, versus trying to teach them, you know, the entire offense. Again, like I was saying earlier about our offense, I mean, go ahead. If you want to teach everybody everything we do, teach your guys. You know, you're going. that's a lot of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And are they going to really know it like we know it in the game? Probably not. So we focus on, on actions and then on personnel big time. And then how we want to guard a ball screen and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, an example would be um, Dallas Center Grimes. You know, uh, Coach Joel Rankin is there. Uh, you, maybe you've, you've met him or spoke with him. Mm-hmm. does a great job. Mm-hmm. Got some got some good players this year. Uh, we had a heck of a battle against them uh, about two weeks ago. They were number three in the state. We were one and went to their place, and we were, we were fortunate to win that game. Uh, we played well, you know. But going into that, it was like, man, what? how are we going to – they, they run so much stuff, all this. So, you know, we worked on guarding the three main things that they do. Mm-hmm. And then also talked about their personnel he- heavily. And I, this year, I've not given our guys, after probably our first four or five games, I've not given them a, a printed scouting report. So oh. I went ahead and bought a uh, cordless, wireless, battery-powered projector. And little little pocket projector. Put it in our backpack. So we take it on the road we use it at home because of our setup at the school it's just convenient to use that versus going to a classroom on game day Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i'll pull personnel clips so using huddle mostly shots from a from a player in particular and however many games we have on them i'll pull all their shots and so prior to showing the guys you know i might be going through 50 or 60 clips on some of their better players you know on some of their other guys it's only 15 or 20 and we'll identify, you know, two or three or heck, maybe even five guys that we need to know something about. Yeah. And so the guys, our players, after they've gotten dressed, before we get loose, we will watch four five, six minutes, whatever, a film. And it'll be, all right, you know, the, the big is a mid-range and in guy, you know, or he's a layup only guy. And I'll show some clips that, it, that, that basically you know try to prove myself right or yeah. that make me believe that make, <laughs> that, that, that make me believe see I'm right it's right
0: here it's right here yeah yeah
1: yeah and so and then we'll look at their stats off of what used to be called quick stats it's uh, varsity bound now which is that is awesome that we have that here in Iowa Alabama Tennessee had nothing like it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I, I it would be a long process to get those coaches to commit to entering stats it would be a five-year. Thing before before it got any good, Um, but I think it's fantastic. I I can't wait till they get synergy for high school sports because I will pay a premium for that. Yeah, but um, anyhow, so you know. Or the, you know, with the point guard, sorry, dogs
0: hey, are barking. You, you, um, hey, when the dogs are barking, you got to take care of them. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. So, you know, with the with point guard, it's like, all right, you know, he's, he's going to be playing off a ball screen, he's going to receive a flare screen, you know, he's a guy we have to keep in front, or, you know, maybe he's a guy we can get up and pressure full court. Um, you know, just, just anything a, a coach would look at with respect to personnel, what they do well, you know, do we run this guy off the three-point line? You know, are we going to no catch? You know, are we going to face guard? And, and we don't do a whole lot of that. But um, in, in going back to the matchup zone comment and then even, you know, playing switching man, it's not like our two-man needs to know just their two-man's game. Yeah, All the guys kind of need to know it. And so to get a deep, deep level of understanding, it takes those guys – and our opponents being buddies with them, playing AAU against them, playing against them for two, three years. So we have some of that. Yeah. But as far as a prep, like in a state tournament, we're going to find out if we win Monday, we're going to find out who we're playing, and then we've got like the well, you know, four or five days to get ready. But if we can win that first game, it's a quick turnaround. So it's like scratch the surface, understand who's the shooter, understand their main actions, and and let's go play. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. We, we do we do a video scouting report yep
0: yep yeah and 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 the 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 advent of huddle has has helped with all of that stuff to be able to here here's your quick uh three or four minute clip summary of you know west high and and let's let it rip guys or gals and and let's roll from there and I, and the personnel heavy thing that's something i've definitely uh shifted to as well it's just uh here's the base action um you know, I kind of stole it actually, uh, from, from, uh, you know, football concepts, you know, uh, Belichick uh-huh. type of stuff. Hey, we're going to narrow it down to this and this, and we got to take away this and this. And if we do that, then we've got a chance. Uh, but yeah. here's the keys and, and don't think just take away this and this, and then we're going to let everything else ride wherever it may. So, uh, yeah. that's something I've adjusted to as well. So, uh, coach, any social media you want to plug?
1: Yeah, we have, uh, our Twitter account, um, mostly, and I'm going to kind of slow roll this here because I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm pulling it up. Um, mostly, just promote the guys and, and you know, in our program and programs around the school. But uh, Ballard Boys Basketball is at Bomber underscore Hoops, and uh, you know, we'll I'll repost some articles and case okay, you actually in the off season anything skill wise. That I find, I just repost, Mm -hmm. Um, and it usually applies to one of our guys. Again, like, hey, you could be really, really good at this. Like, a a cross jab is something we've really kind of implemented with most of our guards, and some of them have just fallen in love with it. And then, you know, others probably just look at the video and they're like, whatever, that's nice, you know. (laughs) But but it it actually has really helped us this year. We uh, there's a, a really tough tough matchup at North Polk High School, Jevin Sullivan, Uh and we're watching personnel clips on him and he's just constantly doing a cross jab and beating guys. And so, I was like, hey, you know, there we go. That's his move. You -hmm. know, and so um, it was nice that we had talked about it and and used it some for ourselves because then we end up, you know, identifying it in other players. And so that's our our social media.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeff, uh, appreciate your time this morning. I, I hope you enjoyed being on the pod. I love the a ton of. I got a ton of stuff written down. I'm sure our listeners will have a ton of stuff written down when they when they listen to this. It's been a, it's been a great conversation. Appreciate your time,
1: Marty. I appreciate it. Good talking with you, and good luck this off and into next year.
0: You bet. Why don't you hold the line here a quick second, and we'll get everything wrapped up. So, uh, Jeff Schertz, the head boys basketball coach at Ballard of Huxley High School, uh, just north of Des Moines, there. I uh, want to thank him for his time uh, this uh, this Saturday morning. This will be dropping on Monday morning, but we're recording this Saturday morning. Uh, again, we want to thank Kosak Chiropr- Chiropractic for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, don't hesitate to give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. TChoops.com. Subscribe. Give it a shot here. t backslash A-P-A-A-N. That's a pen and a napkin. Again, 14-day free trial. Give it a go. See if you like it. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Download, rate, and review the pod. You're obviously, you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, so you're listening to it there. And, of course, questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. This has been Jeff Schertz. Uh, been a great conversation this morning. A lot of really, really good stuff. Uh, and keep an eye on the Bombers uh, as, as they try to make their way back to the state tournament here uh, Monday night. Uh, so look at your Des Moines Register Tuesday morning. Uh, it won't be in the big peach for that that's I'm dating myself when I say the big peach when it comes to the Des Moines Register there. So coaches, as always, let's pray for peace, let's stay safe, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.